You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. We started about eight years ago. Um, we had not planned to start a church. We had planned to retire, and uh, I don't even know what we were going to do, but God's like, go plant a church in Tarpon Springs. I'm like, we don't even live in Tarpon Springs. Why would we plant a church in Tarpon Springs? Yeah, I'm telling you. And uh, so we did, and we both still work, so it's uh, we, we, we are dually employed, right? Um, but we've been married for 41 years. We got a slew of grandkids, great-grandkids, children. I mean, we have a household, and we just moved to St. Pete. Um, it's almost been about a year and a half ago, but we moved to St. Pete to be near our children. Uh, and you know, it seems weird because we had lived up in Tar uh, Palm Harbor for 25 years, basically. And when our children moved to St. Pete, God was like, you follow them. And we're like, but we work in Tarpon Springs. He's like, I don't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care where I work. He just wants to tell me where to live. So, uh, so we moved to St. Pete, and it was so interesting. My daughter, who was had been trying to get pregnant, I told my husband, I said, I'll tell you, when we move down there, she will get pregnant. Sure enough, now we have a nine-month-old. My other daughter-in-law, who could not get pregnant, um, they adopted a two-year-old in November, and she's due with her first, uh, her second, I don't even know how to do that, uh, in, in March. And, you know, there's something about the family. And God is breathing on the family right you know for I know when I was growing up you know we were taught it was all about our career that we could do anything that you know but it was all about our career so my declaration was I'm never going to get married I'm never going to have kids I'm going to have a career you know 41 years later and uh, uh, let's see bunch of five kids eight grandkids two great grandkids later we know that that was not true right but that's what we were taught the culture taught us that your career your destination was more important than the family that's right. Move across the country, separate from your family, you know, but God is breathing on the family. The family's been pulled apart for so long. God is like, I want my family back together. We're going to talk about that today. I've been really praying into what God had. Russ and Nancy had asked me uh, last year if I would come, and I said, sure, um, to talk about what God has. And I'm going to, we're going to do a couple things. We're going to talk about three things. First, it, what does God have for 2021, number one. Then we're going to talk about um, what does God want for us to step into in this season. Got to be ready for change, I believe. And lastly, we're going to talk about what is your assignment? What is your assignment? Does anyone know what their assignment is? Some do, some don't. God's revealing it. So let's talk about, first of all, what God wants for 2021. Let me just pray for us real quick. Uh, such beautiful worship. I just love it. It's so great to be able to just breathe and take in God. And God, we love you so much. We enjoy you. We're here because we want more of you. We want to encounter you and to be changed and be transformed. We want to give you our very all. Everything we have, we want you to have. You know, your word says that we're to be transformed into your image. So we come for that. We come because there's a stirring when the fellowship comes together, when the family comes together. There's a stirring. And there is an ability to move past where we are in order to get where you want us to be. So Jesus, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. We bless and honor you. Amen. You know, when we were praying earlier before the service, Chuck says that when you walk through the door, 
you're going to get knocked out in the spirit because the presence of God is so heavy. And Nancy's like, well, we'll just drag everybody to their chair. <laughs> That's a pastor's part for you. Just get them in their seat. It will all work out. But you know what's so funny about that? Even though when you walked through, you didn't fall on the ground, there was a tangible presence of God as you walked through the door. And it's like, What's out there is kind of washed away and left out there. So what's in here, we can just saturate ourselves in his presence. Oh, I just love Jesus. So what's coming for 2021? Every year, about as soon as uh, Christmas is over, our church shuts down for two weeks. And part of it is because we want to restore, refresh our leadership. We need refreshing. And we've got to seek God for what's coming. So the last two weeks of the year, that's what I do as I seek God and see what he's saying. And every year he gives me a Christmas present. And it's really funny because when he started giving me Christmas presents the very first time, I was like, no, no, God, you don't need to give me anything. I need to give you something. And he's like, oh, no, we're going we're to do this reverse this time. But this year when he gave me a present, it was just like a little box. When I opened it, and I see it in the vision, I see it in the spirit, when I opened it, it was full of vast possibilities. And for 2021, we need to understand that the possibilities with God are endless. They are endless. You know, we can look everything going on out there, and we can think of a thousand things we don't like about it. We can, we can, you know, point fingers or whatever, but that has nothing to do with about uh, with what God is about to do in us. Yeah. Because they, the outside world, the outside culture cannot determine how our God is going to move on our behalf. And it takes a partnership. We've got to partner with God in order to be his vessels to change the outside world. And Russ, and Nathan, Russ was talking about this earlier. When we met them, they had gone through a transition, and uh, it was a tough time transition. But as we got to know them, we got to see what God had planted in their heart. This vision of transformation. And they never let go of this transformation. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things that they did a little later. But I want us to understand that we are the catalyst for God to change what's happening in the world. Oh, that is yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And there is when uh, you guys were singing that song about the fire, there's a fire that God is releasing across his body in order to restore the fear and awe of the Lord. Amen. There's, there's a lost fear of the Lord. And of course, that's none of us. Right? None of us. But really, there is a lost fear of the Lord, and God is renewing that reverence and awe of Him. He, he's showing the world that as He moves, there is no explanation except for God in what is happening. And we are seeing so many crazy things happen that we can't even keep up with it. I mean, God wants to show himself strong, not only sovereignly, but through his people. And he wants us to be that light that draws the people in, asking us, why? Why did this happen for you? Why did God heal you? Why did God give you breakthrough in your family? Why? And what is the explanation? Because Jesus Christ lives in us. Amen. And he can live in you. Amen. And even as we were praying earlier about the, the mass revival, that it is here that God is harvesting hearts. But he is harvesting inside the church the hearts that have grown cold. The hearts that have forgotten what it means to follow him, to be disciple, to follow him. You know, it's interesting. I was reading, actually, someone sent me this. I have people that send me statistics that keep me up, up to date. And um, I'm just reading this one to you because I've been really praying into this. Um, it says 16% of born again believers have a biblical worldview. So 16% is what it's saying of the church actually has a biblical worldview. Think about that. 
That is a very small portion of the church. And we're going to see the revival happen inside the church as well as the outside of the church. We're going to see the hearts turn back to God. You know, we, they've gotten, we've gotten off track. We've gotten distracted. We've gotten busy. Whatever it is. But God is restoring our first love. He's restoring why we come to him. He, he is igniting that fire within us and, and renewing that holy fear of him in order for us to be a powerful testimony to the world out there. A powerful testimony to the world out there. And that's one of the things. We're going to see things that are impossible. And the scripture he gave me, and I'll just read this to you, and then we're going to go into Acts for a minute. It says, it's 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. And this is the word he gave me for this year. I have not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. We know that Christ has been revealed. God has prepared Christ for us. Uh, but, verse 10 says, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man is that the Spirit of man, which is of him. Even so, no one knows the things of God is that the Spirit of God. Now listen to this. Now we, say we, we have received, not the spirit of the world, we do not have the spirit of what's out there. That's not who we are. We don't have the spirit of the world. But the spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So the spirit is searching all the deep things of God and he's bringing it down and he's revealing it to you. So that you will know the deep things of God. Amen. And with that revelation comes transformation. Amen. With that revelation comes the ability to do things that we haven't been able to do before because God has unfolded something bigger for us. Right. Amen. Just think about that. Right. I mean, didn't it make you want to jump up and down? Yeah. God has given me the things of his heart through his Holy Spirit so I can do amazing things that other people can't imagine, can't even right. fathom. So we can bring glory to the Father through Christ. Amen. And he needs each one of us. Amen. It has to be about us individually so that it can be about us for us. Everybody has to find their place, has to find their intimacy, their, their calling in the Lord so that the whole corporate body can function as one. Right? We've got to, we all carry a piece. None of us carry it all. None of us carry it all. We cannot function without one another. God has made us to be dependent on each other and dependent on Christ so that there can be unity and wholeness. I think that's so good. And how hard is it sometimes to be dependent on someone else? Because we're taught to be independent. We're taught to think of our own. We're taught Google can tell us everything we need to know. <laughs> Wikipedia is the answer to all. Instead of the whole, who knows the old Tommy encyclopedias? Remember we used to get them down and we'd flip through them or we'd have to go to the library? There was no internet. We'd go to the library, we'd have to check them out and check them back in. Well, you understand that Wikipedia is not like encyclopedia. People add to it. People put their information and it says, if you think you know something better, just add it to it. <laughs> but that is how we access information now. We Google. And we assume what we read is correct. But we know that there's a little misinformation out there, right? Just a little bit. So it is the things that, that the Spirit gives us, gives us the discernment to be able to tell, is that right or is that wrong? And through the body, through the discussion, we're able to figure that out. This is a good time. I'm telling you, we are in for a ride this year. I know last year was challenging, but God is good and he was with us. 
and we just trust where he took us through this past year. I know for me personally, um, you know, I had to, you know, realign my schedule at some, I wasn't traveling as much, uh, but my daughter was so black and she was pregnant that whole time. And she's like, you can't look at anybody. You can't breathe anybody else's air. You just got to stay near. And I'm like, but I have a church. She's like, that's okay. They'll live. <laughs> yeah, she was all about it. You got to be there, mom. You got to be there for me. And you know, you do. You do have to be there. So let's turn to Acts 12. We're going to read a little scripture. We're going to do a little Whoa. ministry. Um, God's going to have a little fun. Amen. You know, God is fun. Yes. He is. He didn't give us the ability to have fun and not be a fun God. Because we're created in his image. Right? So Acts 12, starting in verse 5. And I just wanted, this is just going to be an example of the the fear, the fire, and the vast possibilities that God has for us. And then I'm going to share a couple of testimonies that we've just gotten in recently, too. So Acts uh, 12, verse 5. It said, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Amen. See how important the church Amen. is. If Peter was in prison and no one cared, no one prayed, would there still be the same outcome? No. God needs his people to be involved, not only in each other's lives, but in what the enemy is trying to do against us. Holding Peter in prison. Yes, and we need it. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was uh, sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now he is surrounded, so he can't get away. But listen to this, and this is what God is showing us, that we do not have to worry about what is coming against us. Because verse seven says, now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Amen. The rescue of the Lord. Then the angel said to him, gird, your, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real. He didn't know if that was really happening. He didn't know if that was a very, he didn't know. Doesn't God move on our life sometimes and we can't even figure out that he's moving on our life till after the move has happened? We know something is happening, something's happening, but we don't have any idea what's happening. And then suddenly we realize that God has gone before us. He's intervened for us and there's freedom that came from it. And each one of us, I'm sure, could tell at least one testimony, if not more, of that happening, right? Verse 10. When they went past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. You know, it's interesting because there were two things he was delivered from. Not only the hand of Herod, which was the ungodly king, but he was also delivered from the hands of the Jewish people that had an expectation of him. So it's interesting when we think about this and when we think about God moving on our behalf, sometimes there is an open door that just suddenly occurs. Like he opened up the gates. It just suddenly occurs. We don't know how it happened. We actually don't even know why it happened. 
But what we know is God made it happen. Yeah. yeah. And I was just talking to Josh and Linda before the services, and we were talking about breakthroughs. And I'm going to share a couple testimonies. But um, Josh, we were talking about financial breakthroughs, and Josh was saying in three years' time, he's got 14 raises. 14 raises. Wow. Now, I am a business consultant. I work with businesses. That's my other job. Ain't nobody giving nobody 14 raises in three years. If you get one raise in one year, that's a miracle. Maybe two if there's a sudden, you know, insurgence of uh, sales or something like that. But 14 raises in three years. Think about that. That is a that is a favor. That is an opening a financial blessing of the Lord over Josh. I mean that is crazy. And Linda was talking about how she got a raise for her review and a promotion at another race, and they held off doing the promotion so she could get her first raise and get a second one on top of it. That is a you know if you need financial breakthrough, have them pray over you because I'm serious. That's part of the family because when one of us has a breakthrough in the area, we all get to go in behind it. So if you find someone that has a breakthrough that you're needing, then have them lay that breakthrough lay hands on you and release that breakthrough over you because that's how the body works that's how we work we share what we have the word says that freely we receive freely we give we're able to transfer impart what we have that's good here's a couple other ones um, so we had our prophetic night the other night Friday night and someone who had years of severe back pain was healed through a word of knowledge just like the words of knowledge that were given you know if you get a word of knowledge and it belongs to you step into it so many times things are released and we let it pass us by because we're not sure that God wants to do it for us we have to grab a hold of and contend for what's being released you know, this isn't a spectator sport with God. It is a step in and take all that I'm releasing over you, okay? Okay, someone had a 30, I just got this from uh, one of my people the other day. Someone had a $30,000 debt with IRS, and it was dropped down to $3,000. And we're praying for the rest of it to be gone. Uh, someone had a Brand go to the hospital and after multiple tests, they said she had a brain, brain clot on the base of her neck. She refused surgery. They prayed together over the phone. God loves the telephone lines, although that's old school. I guess it's a cellular, whatever. <laughs> Two days later, they did an ultrasound. The blood clot was completely gone. Praise God. Hallelujah. The doctors were they told her but she said it's Jesus so she didn't need her surgery so God is releasing such possibilities for all of us and part of it is is talking to him and saying God I am open to whatever you have just like Peter if, if, if the angel came to him and he refused to go then he wouldn't have received what God had for him God is not going to make you do or walk through the door that he's open for you. You have to be willing to go with him. So know that possibilities will come your way when you take that first step. When you step into whatever you think it is, even though it doesn't make sense. And how many times does God call us to do things that don't make any sense? Right? He does, all the time. He does. But when we step into things that don't make sense, it begins the dominoes of the things that God has for us. But we got to step. we got to step. So these possibilities of, of miracles, of signs, of wonders that are moving, of revival, of transformation are here right now. And it's just a matter of stepping into it. The other thing we're going to see, and I just want to read this last little scripture out of verse 12, I mean out of chapter 12. 
you know, Herod has gone to Caesarea. We went there and we got to see exactly where it was and everything and about where they think he sat. I don't know. We went to Israel. There, we had a guy that was, um, he was a lieutenant in the Israel army. Okay. So what he did was when he took us through, he said, this is what we call an A site. This was it. You know, this is real. It's been proven. Then they had the B sites that were, then they had the C sites that were just for tourists. And he'd say, don't set your hopes on this because this is a seaside. <laughs> they built it just for you guys. So, um, but when we went to Caesarea, it was it was very interesting. This whole stadium and it's over the water and everything. But it's but in this, Herod is taking all the glory of God, taking all of God's glory, and people are saying, "Oh, he must be the God. Isn't he like a God?" And what did the Lord do? He struck him dead. And that created a holy fear for the people who saw. Now, I'm not saying that God's going to go through the world and start striking people dead. But what I am saying is God is going through and he's removing. Yeah. He's removing people of great um, prominence because they are stealing his glory. Amen. And it's happening in the church right now. You know, as I've traveled around uh, the country, around the world, it's interesting how in the last 24, 36 months, God is pulling people out of ministry, exposing where they, are, they have taken what is not theirs. And they have a choice. They can repent and be restored, or they can be set aside never to step back in so god is doing this inside our walls inside our family but he's also doing it on the exterior and uh, i'm not gonna talk about politics i am not but i am gonna say that what is going on now we have not seen the end of it there is going to be a holy reckoning over our nation and that god has declared you know, Reinhard Bunke came in 2015, I think it was, and he said that the Lord sent him because America was going to be saved. And we've had, you know, of course, repetitive words about that. And the fire is going to start in Florida. So we are the fire starters for the nation. And, you know, however Florida goes, so goes the nation. So that's the reason Florida has seen such a huge shift from being a little touristy, sleepy state to being a state that is declaring and directing the purposes of God for our nation. So know that what we're doing in secret, what we're doing in here in worship and in prayer is having a substantial impact on our nation and it's having eternal results for the people. That we're affecting. Amen. So know and, and please know that all that we're doing is making a huge difference. Amen. It is making a huge difference, and we are not done with the reckoning that is happening. Amen. And uh, what it looks like and what the media is telling us is just not the truth. And you can go before God, and He will share with you His truth and His heart. And like I said, as we put our details together that He's given us, the revelation He's given us, we put together a bigger piece of the puzzle for us to see. So everybody carries an important part. There's no one that is greater than the other. So, what does God want us to step into in this new season? Yeah. Some big, fat, juicy stuff. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, you, you can be serious with me, Josh. <laughs> number one is the word and the presence. That's got to be number one. We've got to get back into the word, into this deep consuming of the word. I went on sabbatical last week and just spent time with God and doing a bunch of stuff that he's telling me to do. Spent a lot of time praying, but he said that we need to consume his word. We need to eat and drink his word 
every letter, every sentence, that the word must be our foundation. It is the word that is alive. It is the word that will transform us. It is the word that will heal us. It will nurture us. It will strengthen us. The word carries everything we need to live from what I call from the inside out. We live from the inside, Christ in us, in order to affect the outside. We can't uh, we can't look for the outside to try to build us up. Yeah, it is the word yeah, that builds us up. Yeah. Yeah. So let's um, go to Acts eleven for just a minute. We're gonna go backwards in the word today. And the one thing I encourage people is read the Bible chronologically if you've never done that because it helps you to see the events and when they actually occurred it helps you give you a context of the whole scriptures um and know that when god is talking to you about something there is a context of the word that we have to understand we have to understand what the word says from well we're not going to understand everything. We know that things come as we grow, but we have to we have to know the word from the beginning to the end, not just pick through the middle. So I want to encourage you guys to go after the word. So we're going to talk a little bit about switching our mindsets and opening ourselves up for greater revelation. In this particular case, in uh, chapter eleven. Peter is uh, receiving a revelation from God. Okay? Let me start. I'm going to start on verse 4. Verse 4. Of chapter 11. It says, But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. An object descending like a great shear, let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. When I observed it intently and considered it, and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice say to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord. Isn't it funny when God tells us something? We're like, oh no. Yeah. You just hold that thought. I've got another thought for you, God. He says, not so, Lord. I mean, we all do it. Yeah. We all have thoughts yeah. that we're, he's probably thinking, that can't be, that can't be. For nothing common, verse 8, it says, nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now this was done three times and all were drawn up again into heaven. Verse 11 says, At the very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. And that's where I want to stop. Because Peter understood the Jewish law, right? Yeah. That the things that the Lord was showing him to, to kill and to eat were not law, part of the law. But Jesus wanted to shift his understanding of what he was doing. And and he even said, it happened to him three times. You know, while I was uh, on my little time away, the Lord asked me the same question over and over every day for several days and every time I answered it I realized when he asked me again the next day I hadn't quite gotten what he was trying to tell me I had lots of answers from what he was asking me but when I finally said Lord obviously what I'm saying to you is not what you want to say to me what would you like to tell me about that question and it opened me up to be able to receive something greater than what I was carrying. The Lord opened up Peter in order for him to see what he was doing that was beyond the law that he knew. That's right. You know, God gives us a foundation of the word 
and then he grows it and he expands layer by layer understanding. Think about the first time you read the word and now when you read the word, you have much more depth because you've had time to grow in what God is revealing to you. You've had time to be with fellowship. You've had time to do Bible studies, go to MII college, whatever it is. You've had time for the expansion of what God wants to do. And that's one of the most critical times right now is just spending that time in the word and allowing God to expand (coughs) our mindset, to refine what we're believing and to build on the foundation that's already there. We want to build on that foundation. So he wants us to shift. And um, I don't know if you guys know who Ed uh, Saboso is. He wrote the book uh, Ecclesia. But he, he wrote this little statement, which I love. It says, transformation is a process that shifts our patterns, our mindsets, so we can see what we have not seen before. We all want to see what we have not seen before. We all ask God, open up. Remember that song, open the eyes of our heart, Lord. Open the eyes, you know. We want to see more. You're here because you want more. You're here because you believe that something's going to be deposited in you today, imparted to you today, that's going to expand where you're going tomorrow. We don't want to be in the same place. So he, it opens up our minds to things we haven't seen before, which allows us to do things we have not done before. Amen. So we, when we get revelation from God, when it expands, our mindset is shifted, then it enables us to do things we haven't done before. Amen. And whatever that is, we don't know. It could be the multiplication of something. You had this funny little thing happen. I uh, was looking for my earrings, it's been about two weeks ago, and I keep them just in a little ceramic thing, poured them out on my counter, looked through, couldn't find them, put it all back in. I thought, I really want to wear this, so I poured it out, looked through, couldn't find them. So that's okay, I'm not going to wear any earrings, so just forget it. I go in, put on my clothes, I come back out, and my earrings are sitting on my counter next to my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just like, here you go. There you go. I'm just going to surprise you with that. Because that's what you wanted. God is looking to partner with us. And the earrings are not of significance, whether I wear earrings or not. That might be different. That might be different to you or you, right? But what it is, is God is showing us how tangible and real and touchable and movable on our lives he is right now. And I could have said, oh, well, they must have fallen out. Oh, I must not have put them all away. But I knew in that moment that God is God and God did something to show me that he is God. And he's caring about that, whether I really cared about it or not. But there's something he wants us to do uh, to acknowledge that he is moving, to not let anyone talk us out of what he is doing in our lives you know how many people say say oh that's okay it'll be fine it's okay if God doesn't do that it's okay you know it's not okay because God is doing these things and we have to acknowledge that that's what he's doing we really do okay we have to keep moving forward that's the second thing word presence number one number two we've got to keep moving forward we cannot let ourselves get trapped in a a paralysis because of things that are happening in our lives we have to keep moving forward we have to keep putting a demand on the word you know all the time I, i will read things and i'll say god your word says this is what it says so i'm putting a demand on that anointing right now because i know that your word is alive and active I know that your word will not come back void. So we have to keep moving forward. In Philippians 3.12, and I'm just going to read that real quick. Chuck's like, why don't you mark your Bible? I said, because I don't think about it until I'm up here. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure to mark my Bible. (laughs) He has lots of suggestions for me. Uh, Philippians 3.12 says, not that I've already attained 
or am already perfected, but I press on. I press on so that I may lay hold of that which Christ has laid hold of me. We have got to press on. You know, there's a little footnote beside this that I love, and I've written it down a million times. It says, we need to be free from the stagnation of yesterday. Right? Amen. And we need to be freed from the emotional paralysis of yesterday's mistakes. Because God has freed us. God has freed us. We don't live in regret. We don't live in coulda, woulda, shouldas. We don't live in we wish we had them. Because God Jesus Christ on the cross. So when there are mistakes, they are repented of, they are left in his hands, and he restores all that we have lost. You know, there's not one mistake we've made that he can't figure out for us. There's not one mistake. There's not one mistake that he cannot restore what was lost. Whether it was our personal choice to make a mistake, whether it was a mistake made in a corporate setting, whether there's a mistake made with the enemy luring us away, whatever it is, there's nothing God can't restore. So we've got to keep moving forward. Right now, people want to hide. But God's saying, rush, rush, rush forward, rush forward. That's right. We got to rush forward. We cannot, we cannot. We've got to rush forward. Okay. The next is building the family. We read earlier that the people of God prayed for Peter in order for him to be rescued. We've got to build the family. You know, there's no more islands out there where you don't need anybody. Now's the most critical time in where we need each other. God is calling his body to unite. And it doesn't mean that we're all perfect. That the Robert House, right? It doesn't mean that we all totally agree on totally everything. What it means is that we're able to love, we're able to be together, we're able to unite because of Christ in us, Amen. not because of a conformity to one thing. So God is calling us to unite. The other part of this uniting is that the only way we can truly be transformed is if we have other people rubbing against us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm time, yes. Being a pastor, when I was with our other church, you know, for a long time, my husband and I served and all this kind of stuff. Well, um, the one thing I said was the last job I would ever have was to be a pastor. <laughs> God loves our declarations yeah. when they go against it. I mean, he's just like, and everybody kept giving me words about, I really feel like you're supposed to be a pastor. But, uh-uh, not me, not me, not me. And you know why? Because I saw the dishonor toward leadership. And leadership is not perfect. I can tell you that right now. But the dishonor toward leadership is pervasive. And if God has called you to a place to serve, then God has what you carry that is needed in this house. I mean, you're here because there is a, a, a draw of the Holy Spirit to be here because what you've got to impart belongs in this house. So when you look at other churches, we trust that people come there because there is an anointing, an oil on what that church carries that you're going to be part of spreading. You know, every church is different. We all carry one thing, and that's Christ. Most of the churches. Most of the churches. But the people that are drawn into us, into our house, they some will be there forever. They'll just be long-term forever. Some will go out, like Russ and Nancy. But they were there for a season 
to impart and pour into as well as us to them. So it's important to recognize where do I belong? Because you be everybody belongs somewhere. And if you think you don't belong anywhere, then you need to find somewhere and let God work your heart out on those things. Because all of us have been hurt by church, right? But it's not God's fault. We're all learning. We're all growing. We're perfecting. We're getting healed. We're getting mature. All those different things. So we've got to hang on to what God has given us. Okay, that's enough of that. But the body of Christ needs each other. And the only way to do that is to find a body and say, I am here. Not for five minutes, not for five weeks. I, I have set myself to be here for at least a year to serve with all my heart and to pour out what God has given me that will build up the mission that the church has been given. So that's good. That's good. Okay. Yes, I need somebody to agree with me. Now I heard y'all during worshiper. Y'all are loud people, so come on. Sometimes when uh, somebody, uh, you know, the one thing you, you, you realize is that when a speaker comes to a house, they'll only release what the foundation has been prepared. Because they're not going to come in and break up a foundation that's already been here, that's been built on. They're going to come and release and build on the foundation that you already hear. So I, I just want you. So what is y'all's, what is your assignment for the season? What is Rafa House's assignment for the season? And I'm going to read a scripture and we're going to do a little prophetic, a little bit of praying for people. But um, uh, Acts 14, let me just look at this real quick. Acts 14, we're going to start in verse 1. Uh, we're going to start in verse 2. Uh, 14, 2, it says, But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their mind against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in, in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. So I believe that that is the assignment for Rapa House. That there is some, uh, what would you call it? There is some resistance coming against you, but as you preach the word of God, as you reach out and restore people, as you feed them, as you take care of them, that signs and wonders are going to follow you guys. Amen. And I believe that that is what Rafa House is moving into. And I kept kind of seeing this baton twirling. You know, have you ever seen a baton twirl? I don't know if they yeah. do that anymore. That, that may be too old for some people. But, but, but what I kept seeing is that spinning of the baton was releasing the signs and wonders, the healing, the restoration, the building. And I, I feel like God really wants to build Rafa House. God really wants to build Rafa House. And one of the things that Ross and Nancy's passion was is to bring restoration into this region. And we spent hours praying about downtown Newport Ritchie, praying about all the different avenues, options, the vision that they had. And I want to encourage you because the vision that they had is still there. But the manifestation of the vision doesn't look like what they thought it might look like. Right? I mean, we spent, I know what we spent hours and days, we, you know, up there praying, all that kind of stuff, declaring over the vision that they had. And God said, I have met that vision, but it looks differently. It's much bigger. It's unfolded much bigger. Their vision was too small for what God has given them. If God would have answered their vision, come on. It would have been the size of this table instead of the size of the region. So God has done amazing things. When they took over, what was it called before it was Hope Hill? Christian Secure. When they took that over, 
That was a sacrifice. I mean, they had already sacrificed. Russ had been offered a job like in Odessa. I'm not Odessa. Uh, um, who was it? Idlewild? Yeah. It was somewhere far. Yeah, he was offered a job, and the Lord told him no. And he was like, I could use that job. God's like, no. And when they took over this Christian Secure, they're like, what, God? What are you asking me to do? But they have shifted Christian Secure and released Hopeville over this region. They are feeding hundreds and hundreds of people. You guys know. They're your pastors. They are ministering to people, getting them reunited with family, getting them delivered from drugs, all these different things. Their vision was too small for what God wanted to give them. And it's not even done. We don't even know if that's going to be a PS on the end. We don't know. But they kept saying, yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. And that's what I want to encourage you. Your vision, do you all have a vision? Okay. Your vision is probably way too small. It's probably way too small. In fact, I can probably guarantee it's way too small. Because when God begins to partner in sync, you get that in sync step with him, and that yes comes, and many of you have experienced it, that yes comes, the next thing you know, a door is open that could never be opened unless you took that step of yes with him. And he has it for all of us. There's not one of us that are excluded from living the dream that you have been dreaming with God. It just may not look like what you thought. My dream, 1999, I had a vision from the Lord of people gathering together, worshiping, being healed, just encountering him, having this manifestation of his glory, blah, blah, blah. And uh, my church, when I told them about it, they said, oh, go ahead and start one. I'm like, okay. So once a month we had a worship service. And uh, the first, before the first one happened, the associate pastor came to me and said, don't worry if nobody comes. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> what a word of encouragement. Don't worry if nobody comes. I'm like, I'm like, I I didn't really know what to say because it was all new for me. You know, it was all new. And uh, people came. It wasn't a problem. And, and, and God was poured out. But because of the structure within our church, the level of movement was restricted because it was too scary. And that's okay because I learned a lot. God that did a lot in me. But who knew that what I saw in 1999 would be what we planted in 2012, right? Where we had freedom that if we want to worship for two hours, we can worship. If God wants to lay us on the floor, we can all lay on the floor. God wants to heal everybody. If he wants to do it all, it didn't make any difference because we were in the pursuit of what God wanted. And we prep and we pray and then we let God be done. And that's always a good thing. So what does God have for you personally that he's stirring up in you personally that he wants you to partner with him and let your vision come to life? What is that in you? What is it that he is birthing? And, you know, the one thing that I've run into, and I, I do a lot of uh, – uh, executive coaching and stuff, you know, help executives get where they need to be. The one thing I run into is people say, and this is the very common thing, once I get through with this, then God can do this. Once I quit my job, then I'll be able to live my vision. Once, uh, you know, my husband gets that promotion, then I'll be able to. Once my kids get out of the house, that is not how God works. God isn't put on hold until we get our act together. Because if we did, we would never do anything, right? We would never do anything. So God isn't saying, I'll wait on you to get done with your things. 
He's saying, if you'll step in with me, the other stuff you won't have to worry about. Because I will take care of your family. I will take care of your job. I will take care of your children. I'll take care of your marriage. I'll take care of the things that you think have to be taken care of before you can partner with him. So that's the key. We don't have to wait until we retire or until we have enough money. That's a big one. I hear, well, I can't do that because I don't have enough money. Who is the God that supplies all that I need? Right. Who is the God of multiplication that multiplies our finances? Right. You know, who is the guy that gives me 14 races in three years? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if God has to wait on me to get my act together, I'll be in heaven. <laughs> I mean, seriously, think about it. If, 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 if God had to wait on Russ and Nancy for Russ to go take that job and think about this and think about that, they wouldn't be here. God doesn't want us to put our dreams on hold to keep him at bay until we get our act together. Until we get enough finances to finance what he wants to do. We will never. He has plenty of finances for us. He has plenty of time. Linda was sharing something. You know, one of the things I did the women's retreat of uh, last weekend, I think it was, I remember weekend before. And one of the things God taught me a couple years ago, if every morning I'll declare I have more than enough time to accomplish what needs to be done, then he will make time for me to do it. And Linda was just talking about she gets like 50 messages a day for the doctor that she has to sort through. And I told him that at the retreat. And she said she started doing that. And she does. She has more than enough time. She gets through all the messages. She said she had an hour and a half the other day just to sort through and do all these things that she never has time for. She's all she used to always be behind, now she's always ahead. Yeah. If you will agree with God, God will make a way for you. Right. Amen. Amen. So that's it. I'm going to uh, share a little bit, uh, a couple of prophetic words. Do you want to come up and help me pray? Yes, he does. He said yes. <laughs> See, it's the silence. 41 years, I know exactly what he's thinking most of the time. Did you guys know that men can actually not think anything? Yeah, yeah. Yes. It, is, it, is, it is possible. I mean, like it's a mental, it's proven. Women cannot. You know. Yeah, I just moved back a little bit. So, um, like I said, Russ and Nancy, uh, their anointing is to just really help people, to help them be healed, be saved, see the glory of God. Um, Chuck's, Chuck's anointing is not only is he a great server, but he has an anointing for finances. He has an anointing to help people get out of debt, to help people start their own businesses. He can see things, you know, in Deuteronomy 8.18 it says that God gives us the ability to create wealth. He has that ability to see in other people in order to help them move forward in their finances. Um, you know, one of the things that I've done, I've done all my life, is I have the ability to connect people with God and to help them connect with their purposes. Because that's important. If you don't know what your purpose is, it's hard to move forward because how many times, how many books have we read about our purposes? Yeah. And then we get done going, what was my purpose? <laughs> but you know what you don't realize is your purpose is already built within you. I call it your signature sound. It's what you do all the time when no one's looking. You can have five different careers but still have the same sound. You still uh, release the same thing. Like Chuck, he still releases finances, finances, finances. That's what he sees. That's what's built inside of him. You know, I still look at people and I'll say, oh, I'll still, this, 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 you know. So no matter what we do, the sound is the same. The calling, the gifting is the same. It just may come out in different ways. So we're going to pray this morning, but uh, I had a, had a word for Judy, Dr. Judy. It's so funny. Yesterday, as I was preparing my sermon, um, I said, I have a word for Dr. Judy. I'm like, we get too close to the So I'm going to tell you what, what I believe he said over you. You want to stand up for a minute? So uh, it's a, it says your practice is going to expand. 
Uh, your days of doctoring are on the upswing. There are many people that will need to follow you and receive what you're going to teach and impart. And what I saw was there are lines of people surrounding you and you are laying hands on them. You are imparting to them. You are teaching them. You are instructing them. You are correcting them. And uh, I felt like the doctrine was like a play on words that you are examining them, helping them see what they need, diagnosing, and getting them to the place where they need to be. So I feel like there's really an expansion. It's, it's no time to sit back and relax. <laughs> that God has, uh, you know, taken off the brake and put on the gas. <laughs> and I felt like this would be a confirming word for you. I felt like that you've been kind of balling some things over. And God wants you to know that uh, he's bringing more people into your lives but not everyone who comes belongs to you that you'll be able to pick through and say the committed ones the serious ones the devoted ones those are the ones that i can bring transformation to the people who are just kicking the tires i can find another place to amen thanks for joining us today we hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.